Motown rundown. Today is today's Friday. Wow. Friday, November 4th. That's awesome. Tremendous. Um, Who does Hamadou Diallo think he is? Sorry. Collins is watching. Yeah. Go ahead, Trent. We've had Trent's having connection issues because he's in his he's he's recording from underwater in his grandma's bathtub. Yeah, we're talk we're about not... parking lot, classic at <laughs> We hear you. Go ahead, Trent. Connection Go. issues. What's new? I'm just. This is terrible. I. I. I'm, everything's <laughs> way behind. You're good. We can. <laughs> we can hear you. Go. Use no, up your. I, use up your bandwidth. I was just gonna say some stupid shit about how it's Friday. That's all. Nothing. Nothing important. It is Friday. It's so funny. Some of my favorite Motown rundown episodes are the ones where like one guy, one guy's Wi-Fi doesn't work. The other guy's like Collins will be in and out every now and then as like computer will die. It's great. Yeah. We're just doing the best we can. Rebs, what are you eating? So I'm kind of embarrassed to talk about it. Well, what are you eating? What does that mean? (laughs) I'm eating those, you know, those taquitos, like those, you just put them in the microwave, those frozen taquitos. Yeah. I'm having a couple. I'm just having a couple to take the edge out. I haven't really eaten that much today, and I just got back from uh, our players and parents meeting for the hockey team this year. So, quick snack, going out, going over to see my buddy later tonight. So there you go, little snack in me and my mom. So, and I'll preface this by saying, look, yes, I live at home still, working on buying a house. Get off my ass, but my mom, God bless her, she. Like it's like such a mom move. She bought these grilled cheeses that are like frozen, and then you have to like stick it in the toaster to make them. So what you do is, is you take it out of the bag. It's like a grilled cheese that comes made. The cheese it's already made. You take it out of the bag and you put it on a plate. And you, well, I guess you don't have to put it on a plate, but you put it in the microwave for thirty seconds, and then you drop it in the toaster and toast it, and that's the sandwich. And like that's the kind of stuff that my mom spends money on versus just like here's a loaf of bread take two pieces of bread and throw a craft single in the middle and make a grilled cheese very grateful i know there's starving kids in various parts of the world and that's not my angle but it's just like is that not the most mom thing of all time like how useless of a purchase is that well yeah i mean i guess you got to be on the go it's somewhat it's not even it's not even like we we also in the house have those smuckers like already like circle cut PB Uncrustables are called, dude. The Uncrustables. Sorry. I was, yeah. <laughs> sorry. The Uncrustables. Did, did you, were you born yesterday? <laughs> no. No. Thanks for asking, but no. Um, those I get because those are true on the go snacks. Like I'm running late or I'm about to go to the gym. I need some fuel. You grab one of those out of the fridge and you're good to go. This grilled cheese thing, it's a 30 second heat up process followed by a toast and i like my stuff a little crispier so it t- i mean you're waiting around for a, a good amount of time but so i had i slipped one of those in too just to get some just to get some food in me but so that's what i'm eating as you could i can also i don't think anyone on the uh on the that's listening to the podcast can hear it but my mic is really sensitive and i'm like have it like resting next to my chest and i can like hear my stomach growling that's i don't know that's good like this i'm just eating crap this is just crap and I was just I was just humming Halloween candy for the last couple of days too. That's a good point. That's a good talking point. Look at that. What a what a sharp guy I am. I was 
What'd you guys do for Halloween? Eating candy, passing out candy, dressing up. I was in Nashville for Halloween. I went to a nice tap room and had a nice bourbon and Coke. That's what I did for Halloween. Wow. That's classy. Classy individual. Did you you have a costume this year, Trent? No, no, I didn't friends. because I had I, I I realized this too. This is my freshman year out of college, so I am starting to realize things like if you don't have parties to go to or something, then you there's really no reason to dress up. Obviously, no, you so, can't. Yeah, yeah. So I I was yeah I, that hit me like a freight train. I wasn't like I've never not dressed up for Halloween, but this was the first year. How I sad made is, that? How sad is that though? That, that's that is one of the biggest. Like I'm, I have to put the yearbook away type of deals now is when you're out of college and Halloween is meaningless. Like, especially when Halloween's on a Monday, I mean, unless there's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't have this scenario, but unless someone like is like you're in the midst with is like dialed in with a Halloween party, it doesn't mean a thing. And it still doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, because we also don't have kids yet, so it's like there's going to be this ten year stretch of just limbo on Halloween. And then yeah, finally... you almost you almost got to wait. Like I feel like you need one of your close friends to get married, and they have a house, and then it's like they're twenty eight to thirty, maybe thirty two, and then they're like, you know what? Let's host a Halloween party and bring the friend. Like that's like I don't. We're not in that age yet. I don't have no one's throwing Halloween parties near me, so. Yeah, Halloween, great. I was Christopher <laughs> from times. The Sopranos, though, if anyone wants to ask. Never seen it. Do you know what I'm talking about, Trent? No, but I just love that you were a character from The Sopranos. That's awesome. So, do, if anyone Does anyone follow that Kyle Nitz tape on Twitter? Does anyone know nope. what I'm talking about? Nope. No. Whatever. It, I, I had a net brace. I had the sunglasses. For anyone who watches Sopranos, I was Christopher when he broke his net. But okay. Shout out. Thanks for spoiling the show, too. Rock will appreciate that. That is not, that is legit, not a spoiler at all. Well, no, I'm going to know the guy breaks his neck at some point. I would like to watch. He doesn't break his neck. He just wears a neck brace. (laughs) Oh, nice. Sweet. Um, (laughs) So Halloween's gone. (laughs) Halloween's gone. Shoot it. Merry Christmas. Yes, I was just going to bring that up. I did a back to back. So I went to. I think sept- I think November 2nd, I had a dental appointment and post dental appointment, I went to Starbucks and got myself a pumpkin spice latte, which was th- that's like my look. I hate uh, cards on the table. I like them. I don't know what to tell you. I like them. They taste good. I got one. And then the next day was at the first day of the holiday drinks. And I actually went to Starbucks again and got the iced peppermint mocha, which I recently learned you can do. I always thought that the peppermint mocha was just an exclusive hot drink, but you can ask for it ice. And then they also asked if I want a whipped cream. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, of course I want the whipped cream. Next question. So I did that. And I'll probably, I'm going to have to fade Starbucks for a while because it's like legitimately $6 a drink, even if you're getting the small size and any holiday drink you get there is like 500 calories. And it just, it's nonsense. So but I don't. I have not listened to Christmas music yet. I'm the, one of the bigger Christmas guys out there, so I I think that that might be a necessity here soon. Once once Thanksgiving is over, I put my foot on the gas for sure. But well, duh. For the time being, Merry <laughs> Christmas. Merry Christmas, <laughs> everyone. By the way, Ryan Collins is watching the Pistons Cavaliers game. 
I'm oh, legit yeah. furious yeah. watching this team. That's I, what we were I, trying I, to say at the beginning of the podcast because Collins like had well, a I was just trying to give scream. the nice. I was I was trying to preface the screaming and profanity. I'm so. I mean, I, I'm watching bums play for the Pistons right now. <laughs> it is not good. Pistons bench not good. Tease no. for later. I also don't. I, when did Ivy think he became Steph? It's not your game, little fella. Come on, <laughs> little fella. He answered a little fella the way he goes to the hole. Should we just do it? Should we do it? Do we want to even talk about Michigan State? Yes, we have. We, okay, then I will. No, we do have to. We look, we have integrity. If there, if we are one thing, what is integrity? They got their ass kicked and then they had to let a bunch of bitches. Okay, well, that's your take. That's all I wanted to do was discuss it. Yeah, I was. Fucking were you Jay in Ann Johnson. Arbor, Collins? What were you in Ann Arbor? No, I wasn't. Mm. What about Jay Johnson? He stints <laughs> at his job. Wait, didn't yeah, you go, Rubs? Didn't huh? you go, Rubs? Yeah, I mean, I went. I had a couple friends in town from Chicago, and um, you know, my my one buddy still goes to school there, so I went to tailgate and do all that jazz. Um, I did not go to the game. I didn't really have any because they, everyone that I know that was going to the game has student section tickets, and I just I don't. That that school is such a it's such a fucking joke on so many levels. Like I, I truly am blessed that I was denied entry from going to that school. It was <laughs> so so great to be put on the wait list there. But yet to go to the game is and sit in the student section, you have to present an M card or whatever. And if you don't have an M card, you have to pay like seventy dollars to get your ticket validated. So if you're paying two hundred bucks for a ticket in the student section, it, you might as well call it 270. And I don't feel, I don't feel like going into the student section where my Michigan state state stuff and getting screamed at by a bunch of kids who've never kissed a girl before in their lives. <laughs> so I didn't really have any interest in doing any of that. So, but I went down, I went down, I tailgated, I tailgated, I walked around a bit. It, the, the bars were just chaos. Like you can't get in anywhere. We ended up just kind of sucking it up and going downstairs to Rex to have a couple then I went to the dental fraternity tailgate at the golf course and, you know, they don't Rabs, start until 430. Did you stay down there to watch the game? I did. So we went to – it was amazing how this all worked out because truly we were trying to find a spot to, like, pregame the tailgate we were supposed to go to, and this tailgate didn't start till 430. Keep in mind the game's at 730, so that's another whole issue. But we were down there and we couldn't find a spot. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here to see my friends. And and the one one of my best friends is at the dental fraternity there. He's at dental school at U of M. So we go to the dental tailgate on the golf course, which was a fine time. It is what it is. But it was just such a tight window. And I told I'm like, look, I'm here to watch the game. So if I have to sit in a supply closet with a with a, a portable DVD player and watch it, that's fine but I need to be seated to watch the game. So somehow miraculously come five 30 or six o'clock, I pull the plug. I'm like, Hey, I'm out. I'm leaving the tailgate. I'm going to walk to find a bar to watch the game. And thank God our other friends found a spot at scorekeepers or something, but we walk up there Jeez. and there's a line. There's a line. Or what, we were at, no, we were at Charlie's. We were at Charlie's, whatever it's called losers, but we walk up there and there's a line, but there's a little back like gate that goes to the outside patio that was open. So I just walked right in and sat down and watched the game. And it was, it was a, a fine viewing experience. Look, the game, the game object from a, from just a watching game standpoint, it, it, 
truly was like dreadful to watch. Like it was just boring and shitty and nothing about it was appealing. But yeah, I mean, Michigan State stinks. I don't know what to tell you. And like in, you know, again, we do as much as we rag on Michigan fans for like, they love to talk about their wins from the 1920s. And when black people weren't allowed to play football, like they're the winningest pro we get it. But like in the last decade plus like 10 to 15 to 20 years. And I was a, you know, hand up. Everyone knows my story. I grew up a Michigan fan. My mom's from Ann Arbor, like Michigan state has owned Michigan. So like, I at least there's shit. I don't know why anyone is acting like this, like meant anything. Like there are three win Michigan state team. That is not good. Like, yeah. Congrats, Michigan. you got a really good team. You rolled over us. Like I tip my cap. Like they, I didn't expect to win the game. And then, you know, the storyline becomes the whole thing in the locker room after which it's like comical how, you know, that whole story gets blown up and it's national news and it's just, the rivalry's toxic. And it's like, you know what? Here's my take on it. Kids that go to U of M, and it's sad to say, it's sad, and it sh- shouldn't be this way. But most kids that go to U of M grow up their whole lives being bullied and shoved into lockers and being oh, kicked on. This has because nothing to do with the game, dude. They're smaller and they're, you know, not likable and weird and all like that. It just, they grow up. Whoa, with it. So dude, this is wild. Was, Everyone that was quote unquote assaulted in the tunnel, they're used to it. And to to like, you win, you <laughs> win a, Paul I, Bunyan. What a you win, Rebs. You win the Paul Bunyan Trophy for the first time in a decade, and you can't just celebrate on the field with your team. You got to go skip it into the tunnel and whatever. And it, like just assaulted. Give me a break. Like give me a break. I'll show you. What go to go to the inner city in Chicago or go to go to Compton, California. I'll show you an assault. Truth be told, tough look for Michigan State. I disavow. I want to make that very clear that I disavow. Bad look, classless, embarrassing. I'm embarrassed, but it's sports or sports. They're just kids, and sometimes you got to beat the shit out of people. It just it happened, but I disavow. I 100% disavow. Well, what's it but... called? I hear what you're saying, Revs. So I'm, I'm taking it that you did not have a good experience in AA. No, I... I had a by the way, the thing I, I, I will say this. I think it, the difference between when Michigan State fans throw to Ann Arbor for that game and Michigan fans throw to MSU, I think it's more MSU. I, I will I stand by this and I always think this. I, I know Michigan hates Michigan State, but the passion we have for our hatred of them is just on a different level. But every single time I go to Ann Arbor, I get a bunch of shit for like Oh, yeah, can't read, can't write, and all this shit. They do, do play that game. I feel like Michigan State, if you if Michigan fan, you go to like, oh, you have the wrong colors on. Hey, you want a beer? <laughs> like, yeah, well, I there, such, there were a couple. It's I such a different vibe there when you go to a game. I didn't have a bad experience. Like, you walk in there, and if you're wearing green and white, you're immediately in the top, like, 1% of just cool, normal people. It just is what it is. I'm just stating how it is. And I have friends that went to U of M and they're really cool people and I love them to death, but they know how it is. They, they know, like they, they know, but you know, it's like, I'm walking, I'm walking down the street, you know, and I'm just like, just, I I don't say, I don't go down there and talk shit or say any, I, whatever. I mind my business. You're, you're in enemy territory, know your place. Like, and I, exactly. even when, even when you're hosting another school, like I don't see someone wearing a Michigan shirt down the street and go, Oh, fuck you, man. You're a P, like whatever. 
But, you know, it's like you're walking down the street and naturally you, you got the one guy that's got like four teeth and he looks like he, he just like pulled his clothes off the rack at CVS and he's like, fuck, you know, fuck green. And I'm like, like, thanks, dude. Like, wh what year did you get your associate's degree at CMU? Like that, like, I, like, Jesus. what are we doing here? That like, seriously, like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, how, when was the last time you went back to your alma mater at Macomb Community College? Like, like that's just how it is. So it's, I mean, it's hard to. I I don't really get involved with like the. Fan. Uh, I don't get. Right. I don't get I intimidated it. by the fan base or anything. Like whatever. But they kicked. They kicked Michigan State's ass. Michigan kicked Michigan State's ass. They're a much better team. The program's in a much better spot. All my friends that went to U of M that still do, they know I love them, and I'm just you know just ribbing them a little bit. But great, you deserve to win. You kicked our ass. You embarrassed us. Our team sucks. I don't even like care. I don't can't even believe that I'm going to tune in and watch them tomorrow. But I'm a fan, and that's what I do. And I wish Michigan the best of the luck the rest of the year. Go ahead, I don't. go beat Ohio I hope State. They lose every game. That's go beat I... Ohio State, guys. Good, good for you. I know the banner. You know we beat Michigan State. Or hang the banner. They've got three wins. So all right, kicked our well, ass. What's the wait? Did you say you want them to beat Ohio State? No, I said good luck. Oh. I said, good Whatever. Luck. I mean, I don't know, Trent, you have anything. I don't really care anymore. I mean, at, what's it called? They kicked our ass or better. There's no excuses. Tucker's got to be better, point blank. He's done a terrible job with this team. This team has talent, and they've been poorly coached all year. So he's got to make changes. So we'll see. Yep, I think it's most of it's coaching. I don't want to act like it's all coaching. but the, There's this, talent, dude. There's, there's talent no on this roster. There's no excuse for the secondary to be as bad as it was or as bad as it has been, in, in fact, worse than last season, given how last season played out and you're able to overcome it because of Kenneth Walker. He is on fire, by the way. Definitely going to win offensive rookie of the year, well-deserved. But I don't know. I don't have any other thoughts either. I think it's coaching. Coaching's got to change. Scotty Hazleton's got to go. Jay Johnson's got to go. I actually thought the I have faith in Mel. wasn't bad on Saturday. I think they did a good job. Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan didn't have any big plays. It's not like they had any big plays. Well, they, they just, just ran it down our throats. Yeah, I mean, Corum's great, and J, you know, JJ's a, he's really solid. I enjoy watching him play, but they they suck. Yeah, a Jay Johnson, like I, I don't even. That's a guy that if I saw him on the street, I would like spit on him. I, I really, Jesus. I think I would spit on him. I do. He's Rams fucking, is awful tonight. He's <laughs> terrible. What he, it's a, it's like embarrassing. He collects a paycheck, but whatever. Um, I digress. All right. Well, what can we do today? We can talk about the Lions. We can talk about the Pistons a little bit. We can do the Wings. Not much. Uh, the only two Tigers things that came up. Um, Riley Jonathan Green. Stoltz. Well, oh, my God. Riley Green won Tiger of the Year. Awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, Trent. Um, Andrew Chafin declined. He two his... months of the year. Uh, who, uh, oh, tiger. It's like being the smartest stupid guy in the room, Tiger of the Year. Like congratulations, you're the best baseball player out of the worst team in the history of the league. What do you? What, what, great. When um, I first thought, like, uh -oh. can he be Tiger of the Year? And then I was like, well, who else would it have been? Matt Manning. Correct. Well, I mean, Matt Manning played two weeks of the season too, right? I mean, he came back at some point, but yeah. uh, whatever. The two only two talking points. Andrew Chafin declined his player option. Good for him. I don't know why he'd want to come back. He can probably go get more money elsewhere. He did have a pretty solid year. Loved him. Could be one of my favorite Tigers of all time. Um, and then what? Jonathan Scope. I love Andrew Chafin. Why? What is up with you him? in lefties and long socks? He wasn't even that good. 
<laughs> Everything about him I love. The sheriff. Um, Jonathan Scope. You still back. have Daniel Norris. Uh, people forget. That was my favorite moment of the podcast when Ravs was like, they haven't given Daniel Norris enough Starks. And we look <laughs> at the stats and you're like, okay, they've given him a decent amount of Starks. And he was bad, too. I, I love <laughs> Daniel Norris. I hope I hope he's around still in some They should make him a coach. Um, Jonathan Scope opted into his player option because it's like it, literally for Jonathan Scope at this point, it's like walking into a bank and then just handing him $7.5 million and be like, we know you're going to, we know you're effectively robbing this place, but just walk away quietly and do what you have to do. So that's it. I mean, whatever. It sucks. The Chafin's not coming back, but I mean, that's when you sign players, the deals like that. Um, I don't blame him for wanting to leave. The team is awful. Um, and then Jonathan scope again, it's free money. So not happy about it. I don't know what they are supposed to do. I, I just, I really can't. And Oh, but his defensive numbers, uh, shove it up your ass. He's fucking awful. He's terrible to watch. So I don't know what the plan is for him. If he's going to really, if they're really going to roll him out at second base next year, like they're going to find three Oh five and 90 RBIs and 20 homers again from him. Great. But that's that for tigers. Um, the Pistons are playing right now. Um, why don't I turn it over to you guys? If you guys want to touch on some piston stuff, some updates, well, I'll do a little bit of wings before what's the Lions stuff. The Pistons are currently losing by 16 to the Cavs without Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. It is they are embarrassing to watch. Um, I what's it called? Trent. I know Trent is in and out. I would like to know. I don't know the exact date. When is Duran? How long is he out? Do they have an? He, he was questionable for this game, so he'll be back this week. Okay, next week. good. Okay. Yeah. That, I'm just going to start this. I've never, ever seen a bench this bad in the, the NBA. Bench, the bench absolutely sucks. And my big point that I want to start with is just Cade Cunningham's been awesome. And if no, he continues- that is – I'm watching this game right now, and hit, there was a – last time we talked, your question is shooting, and I said I'm not worried about it. Guess what? It's not going to be a problem. He's going to shoot 40% from the three-point line in his NBA career when he is around guys who can get him more open looks. But the fuck you attitude he's played with the last two weeks is encouraging. And if they can actually get some real players around him, um, because Ivy, as much as people like Ivy, he's going to take some time and he's not a great jump shooter. He really isn't, and I, 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 th- and Sadiq is Sadiq is a fourth best guy on a good team. Badly is a nice little complimentary piece. Stu is another complimentary piece. Maybe Durant. Stewart, turns- Stewart's been very good. He I think Stewart's been. been very good. Well, yes, Dwayne Casey had a great is- quote today about Beef Stew, and he basically said he's the heart and soul of this team. If we had five Beef Stews playing, we would win a lot of games. That's a pretty high compliment. No, I, I, a hundred percent. I mean. The problem is they're putting him at the five, and he can't consistently rebound. And they're getting crushed. Well, and yeah, and that, that's the that's the other thing I was going to bring up, Collins. Is this team is horrific at rebounding the ball just based on size alone. I don't. It's not a lack of effort. It's just they don't have size, and that's why when you don't have Duran right now, that is that's tough. And I I just ultimately also want to bring up the fact that Stewart, for what it's worth, looks like he has taken a step on offense. It's not like he's ever going to be a reliable guy you can dump it down to all the time, but he at least has. A respectable shot now, and that's been that's been big for the Pistons. I like, as big as it could be for a two-win team two weeks into the season. But 
other than that, I don't have any big takeaway. It's just disappointing. Like, well, they either take five extended Bojan. Oh, that's right. We should definitely mention that. Love at that. first, He's I been thought tremendous. you know the Bojan trade was gonna. Well, I thought they were gonna flip him at the deadline, perhaps. I still or, think you know, they're going to, to, to a By the way. Well, they, they very well might, but um. It just depends. I mean, he's he has done Cade wonders, which is what I thought he would do. He's he's leading the team in scoring, which is and that's something. Avi made a nice play. Um, yeah, I. It's just Cade is, Cade's a guy. He and I don't yes, know how. That's the biggest takeaway. That that's the biggest takeaway from a two and six team about to go two and seven here in the first two weeks is like Cade looks fucking awesome, and that's huge for this team. Well, I will say this. Their schedule has been very tough to start the year. Yeah, it has. Um, so, like, as bad as it looks right now, I bet once they get into the weaker part of their schedule, they'll be fine. Um, Not fine, but they'll be better than what they've shown. Yeah. Um, but Cade's awesome. And, again, he's going against, like, big-time guys. I mean, that first half, I think after we talked, the day after, first, like, Three minutes of the game, he had 11 points. It was a huge, like, oh, I can't shoot. Oh, I, I'm not the offensive player you guys thought I was. Fuck you. Like, I, I absolutely loved his attitude, and he's been awesome for this Pistons team. I was going to make that classic joke of, like, oh, okay. Cunningham's been listening to the Motown Rundown because we literally, yeah, we called him out, and he had a career high the next day, 35 against, awesome. the, uh, against the Little uh, Motown Hawks. Rundown so, bomb. And they took the, they took they beat the uh you know they they kind of beat the brakes off the warriors that was awesome i know there was no clay thompson but you know it's still steph curry out I mean, there clay thompson still, is, it was a packed house like, so exactly exactly and then they they took the bucks right tooth and nail to the end only lost by two to Giannis and company and that was a great another great game from cade so i'm not worried in the sense of like cade's development or what this team could be because i know they've got pieces they just need these guys to mature, and I and I do think we need a new coach. What and is I that will say shot that for, I Oh, sorry. Thank you for jumping on I board, can, Trent, with the coach. No, I'm I'm just and I like Dwayne Casey. I think he knows basketball. I just think they need they need a they need a shot in the arm, and he's not it. You know, he's just a little more conservative, a little older, a little. And they need they need like they need a Dan Campbell of basketball to get in there and just be like, you no, guys I just mean, need to. No, Dan Campbell's been tremendous. Um. <laughs> I, I think, uh, to be honest, though, Burks and Badly not playing is killing this team. They de- That's the thing. Reinforcements are coming, too. They need Alec Burks more than, like, Badly. And, and they, they miss Badly because I don't think – and they miss Durant, obviously. I think they miss Badly, though, because they want to play Badly and Stewart together. And, and, and I think that helps them on the boards. But – um. What you're seeing is uh, Ivy is like not a point guard. He's just not. He's a combo guard. And I think the whole idea is like, oh, he can run maybe your back unit or play without Cade. They have no one who can run the offense other than Cade. Nobody. And, and they, they've they kind of shelved Corey Joseph. I think they're honestly playing Killian Hayes as much as they can to give them a reason to get rid of him because he fit, he's done. It's over. Anyone who thinks there's yep. still time, he will not be on the Pistons next year. Yep, like, I gave that whole spiel at the beginning of the year on our on our Pistons preview episode. I, I gave a nice spiel. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he could be a good, th- you know, the third guard, first guard off the bench for you. 
I thought he could embrace that role. He's been terrible. You can crumple that piece. You can crumple that piece of paper up and throw it away and light on a fire, piss on it, whatever you want to do, because he has been absolutely terrible. It's he, over. And, oh, it, it's over for him. He looks broken. He airballs every other three he takes. He can't run the offense. He dribbles the ball off his leg. He's left-handed, so that's a whole another problem. Like he just, he's got nothing. And like he's and like the, Collins, the biggest problem Ojo, is, he is unconfident. Yeah, it's just it's it's he's shot. He's shot. It's over. It's, so. He, that sucked because he was their number seven overall pick, but Stewart and Bay in that draft, you can't, you can't throw your hands up and just say, you know, that was a, you know, all is lost from that draft. It's not because you got two other starters, but yeah, Killian's done completely done. shot. So you missed on that one. That was, that was, that was, uh, a, a, no, that was far and away to hobby and swing and a miss. That's what Killian. The Hayes problem was. is they took, I think Halliburton was the guy that, we could have uh, now it's there's times in the draft where it's like, Oh, you took that. And, but like, they were never, ever really going to take that guy or something. Yeah. I, like when the lions were supposedly going to take Odell in 2014, like bullshit over Ebron. Like there's no chance that was happening. Yeah. I actually think Halliburton was that guy that the Pistons had on the board and they took Hayes. And guess what? I wanted Killian Hayes. I wanted them to draft Killian Hayes. I was I did too. Guy. I did too. So I, I was wrong too. So nothing is what it is. So I don't know. Cade's awesome. They need a they also need to make a trade. They need point guard help. They need point guard help. Yep. Corey Joseph's unplayable. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all I got all for right, Pistons. That's, that's great. I'm glad to hear the and everyone look, I love the Pistons. I do. I'm a fan. Fan of the game of basketball, fan of the team. I can't fan believe the they're on eighteen tonight. Fuck what do you mean you can't team. believe it though? Like, and I get ra- like, oh, they, you they're the two best they're players. Not they in almost a good beat sp- the Bucks two nights ago. Tremendous, awesome. How many of the wins do they have? One, two, two wins. Right, sweet. I understand that, Rams, but in it, you have to be competitive when the Cavs don't have their two best players. I don't disagree. Um. Okay, let's do a little bit of Red Wings talk here, and then we'll wrap up with the Lions. Um, I always, I always have such a hard time getting my feet under me of like where we last left off on the Red Wings talk. Um, it's been it's been kind of this like ebb and flow. Um, as of as of late, like coming to mind, you beat the Wild at home two to one. I think that was after the Buffalo game or before. Um, they got beat up in Buffalo. I think it was what an eight to two final. Um. Then they have a great, um, awesome ceremony last night at Little Caesars Arena uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the 1997 Stanley Cup champion team. They will do the same thing tomorrow uh, for the 98 team. So a lot of buzz around the arena last night, and I'm sure it will be packed again tomorrow. But just awesome to have some of the guys, you know, I mean, obviously Eiserman's in the building all the time, but Shanahan and and Draper and, and Vladdy and, and uh, Mike Vernon, like and Scotty Bowman in the building too, like just just so Bowman awesome. Bowman looked good, that. dude. He he's eighty nine. Didn't he look great though? Yes, he looks great. Yes, so it was just really special day for a lot of people that I work with have been at the company for 20, 25, 30 years. So um, they were around when those cups were being won and celebrated and whatnot. So so emotional day for a lot of people, and um, really really cool to see that. Excited to be back at the arena tomorrow, but. Um, look, I mean, I guess you're still, you're still kind of at that point in the season with the wings of like, 
Boston is, I think they're 10 and one right now. They've had a tremendous, tremendous start to the season. Um, you know, t- Toronto still really hasn't found their footing. I think they'll be just fine. Um, you know, other teams at the top of the division, Florida's, you know, kind of what you expected. Tampa's um, what you expected as well. Um, the the, the storyline here to kind of focus in on this, on this game against Buffalo, um, which I think I'd have to confirm. I do think it was an eight to two final. I, I don't remember the, it was, were. um, and that easily has been the worst your team has looked from a score sheet standpoint, for sure. Um, and I think in watching that game, I mean, there was a slight concern of like, look, teams get beat and get beat bad in the NHL, but Buffalo on, on Halloween is a team that you should not be losing by that margin. There was nobody in the building. That team really, like, maybe, I mean – they definitely have probably a few brighter young stars than than um, the Red Wings do. Like they have the Rasmus Dahlin and Tage Thompson uh, and and Cousins and um, Olafson and like the, like they they do have some nice bright spots there, but not a team that is like leaps and bounds better than the Red Wings. And I think for a lot of people, they look at the Red Wings and the Sabers and the Ottawa Senators is like these are three teams that are kind of on the rise that have been there, done that with the rebuild and are, are kind of putting things together and trying to take that next step. And like, which one of those three teams is going to be the first one to make the jump? Buffalo so far has probably looked like they have their shit together the most out of the three teams that I mentioned, but there's still so much season left to play. Look, the, the wings are missing Tyler Bertuzzi tremendously right now. And obviously the Jacob Rana situation and Red Wings fans are so hungry to see him play a full year, but you're you're missing. What happened? Why are you waving at me for? I'm not waving at you. I'm waving at <laughs> you. No, in the background. Oh no, I didn't. I'm looking at the ceiling. What are you I was waving, waving at, Brock? Sorry, bro. Whatever. What was I even talking about? Fucking a guys. Um, uh, Jacob Rana. Yeah. Um, it, very very glaring holes in your top six. I mean, that's not not necessarily a place that you want to. Uh, not necessarily a place that you want to be missing players when it, when it just comes to, to production. Um, so outside of that, I mean, I think Dominic Kubalik has looked really nice when he, when he gets minutes on that first line, they've been kind of bouncing him up and down the lineup. Elmer Soderblom got a chance to play on the second line last night against Washington. Um, David Perron, who's played a ton on that first line now since, uh, Bertuzzi's been out and David Perron truly like this, this team on the power play benefits so much from having him and Dominic Kubalik. It's a completely different look. Um, Just their, their shooting ability. And these guys snap the puck around so nicely on the power play. Lucas Raymond gets a goal last night, which feels like, I don't, I don't think it's his first goal of the year, but it feels like it. So um, you're, you're definitely hurting up front. With, with some of the guys you're missing. I don't know how close Jake Wallman is to getting back. To my knowledge, you haven't seen Jordan Osterley at all this season, and I don't really think that anyone's, like, missing seeing him. But defensively, they've been fine. Ole Mata's really elevated his game offensively. I think he had, like, eight total points combined all of last season, and already through, like, ten or so games, he's got, like, six, seven, something like that. Like, he's, like, finding a little bit of an offensive component, too. Um, I think him playing with Philip Ronick helps that a lot. But um, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I like what the team has. I, I do. And, and just, just 
the, just the fact that they're able to grind out games and like you beat a, a Washington team who's, who's you know relatively solid last night um, in a in a three to one game. Dylan Larkin adds the empty netter. Andrew Cop gets his first goal as a Red Wing. Um, no, you know, no. that's, that's a guy that you're you're really looking to to hope see, you see more of him on the score sheet. Hasn't been as productive as as people may have liked, but. Um, truly just does add an element of depth to his to, to the center position for the Red Wings. And once again, when you're healthy and you can give Andrew Kopp his line back with David Perron and Jacob Verana and when everyone's you know available, that line can do some damage for sure. Um, but outside of that, you see Giovanni Smith getting certain into the lineup for a game. Um, Luff gets some time as well, who like not, not really a guy that I'm putting a lot of stock into just the, just the body to fill space. Um, but I mean, they've been good. They're they're besides the one blemish against Buffalo, they're competitive. And I think people are excited to watch them. And like, that's the, that's the thing about this Red Wings team this year that, that just feels different is on any given night, they should be able to compete, and they do. And you know, you had a tough test against against Boston. Didn't mention that one. That was like your first real true test of the year. And I think they were two to one going into the third period, and then it just absolutely exploded on them. So you you still see some of those growing pains in the process of staying competitive and staying in games. And you know, with with the roster that's missing some key guys, and you don't have Robbie Fabry as well. I mean, it's you know they're. I, I'm impressed with what I've seen, and they're still interesting. They're fun to watch. Um, you know, they mixed it up a little bit last night. Um, you know, as far as I don't know, not really any fights, but um, they're mixing it up a bit. I think um, there's a lot to be, a lot of positives to be said about this team. I'll I'll tell you the one the one glaring thing, and I'll, I'll just make this declaration now. I I've seen enough of Phillips Adina. I have seen enough. He is he is is close to useless as you can get and it, it's we have this group chat me and, and two of my buddies that I played hockey with in high school um called the wing nuts and it's funny because like before every game someone will text like here's the here's the projection for Phillips Adina's stat line tonight and it's always like zero goals zero assist assist zero points uh even plus minus in like 13 minutes time on ice like he is truly almost invisible and again for a guy that was supposed to be drafted as like this guy's a pure goal scorer. And I don't think he has a single point this year and they've let him play on the second line. He plays in the middle six consistently. He just, it's just like the decision-making and the timeliness of his decisions and just the lack of the lack of um, efficiency defensively to really contribute anything and if you're not gonna put, if you're not gonna put the puck in the net, and you're not gonna set people up, you, like, he doesn't have a spot. When this team is healthy, he doesn't have a spot on the team. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Because if you're gonna look at your wingers, he's not playing over Tyler Bertuzzi, he's not playing over Lucas Raymond, he's not playing over David Perron, he's not playing over Verana. So now, now you're getting into your third line. Are you really gonna break up the line of? Rasmussen, uh, uh, Sunquist, and Soderblom when you don't have to? Probably not, no. And even if that is your fourth line, are you going to play Zadina over Pew Suter? Probably not. 
When Robbie Fabry comes back, are you playing Zadina over him? No. And if you're not going to be a guy that can mix it up and they can play on a checking line or they can play in the bottom six or they can fight or block shots or do anything, there's no room for you on this team. So I, and, and I would, I try so hard to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I try because he's still young and I, I you see flashes of like upside. Like he definitely is a skilled player, but there's just no, like, there's nothing there that makes any kind of significant impact on this team. So with that being said, at the trade deadline this year, I would love nothing more than to see Phillips Adina get turned around for who knows a defensive prospect, anyone, anything, a pick, and just let him ch- change his scenery, let him try to figure it out somewhere else. Because if him being healthy scratch to start the year didn't tell you something about how little this coaching staff thinks of him, I don't know what will. He's got zero points through, what, eight games, nine games, whatever it may be, and that's that. It is what it is. It doesn't always work out for everyone. And I think that Steve Eiserman knows that. And I think that Derek LaLoe knows that. I think they know that he is in the lineup right now because of their injuries. And when this team is fully healthy, he doesn't have a place in the lineup. So good for the Red Wings for getting him signed for a couple more years off his rookie deal. And it's time to go. The other other component, too, um, I really, truly believe that Alex Nedeljkovic will not be here beyond this trade deadline. I think that he is getting the amount of starts he is getting as a way to showcase him. And it just, it's like he, he, he has, he's a very skilled goaltender. And I do think that he can play as like a fringe starter in this league, but just he's not as polished as Billy Huso. Like Billy Huso is keeping you in games where you're only scoring two or three goals and he's only letting in zero, one, two goals. And, you know, granted you haven't seen a ton of them yet this year because they are splitting the net a bit, but, I just think that Alex Nadelkovich at this point is being showcased for the effectiveness of, hey, come deadline time, if there's someone out there that's going to have a goaltending injury or needs to add some depth or is looking for a guy to sure up the net, Nadelkovich can be your guy. I, I just don't – he's not better than Huso. I don't think the Wings view him as the starter over Huso by any stretch of the imagination. And I guess the hope would be that Sebastian Kosa could make the jump in the next couple of years for him to for for him to make an impact and not have to have Nadelkovich here. Because I said before the season started, like only one of these two guys is going to be here beyond this year or the next year. And Huso signed for the next two or three years. So writing's on the wall. Team's been good though. Tough test tomorrow on the Islanders. They're a really solid defensive team. Uh, we'll see if the offense can get going a bit. And, hey, the one storyline, too, I mean, you have not seen very much out of Mo Sider or Lucas Raymond this year. You really haven't. So hopefully they get going and you can move on as such. But that's all I really got for wings, guys. Let's see if anything to add. No, I mean, what's it all? Oh, God, the Pistons are so bad. Um, what I, I will say this about the wings, it – I mean, you kind of talked touched on it earlier. It was just super discouraging. Not discouraging, just I don't even know how to describe it because it's not like I'm like pissed at Verano's like seeking whatever he needs to get help with and what I, like Bertuzzi's hurt. It just sucks because I actually think everyone healthy, I think they could have gotten off to a really, really nice start and put themselves in a better position. But when they actually play good competition, they come back to life. Um Come back to earth, excuse me. And you already said that, Rabs. And when you got 
like Cop actually playing with his regular line or more productive on that second line. And once everyone moves up and down that lineup, it just makes it harder for this Wings team. But one guy I'm like really, I, and I might have missed it because in your little ramble, um, Horonic has been very disappointing this year. Yeah, that um, it's a a good piece to mention too. Um, I mean, Philip Horonic's upside is definitely his offense, but there are there are some times where he like really truly does look lost defensively. And even like I don't I really don't love him on the power play either. I just I I I just think there's a certain level of of trust that I don't have in him as far as just taking care of the puck and making the right reads and not forcing the play. Um and, and he is like he's he's more of an offensive defenseman and and I don't think that pairing of him and Mata has been all that bad, but yes, I, the Hironic has been a bit of a disappointment as far as like you're you're you you're looking at him as one of these defensemen that okay, like this should be a top four guy for the Wings, but in reality, I mean, Cider and Sharat's your top two. That's fine. I and that's where I think the Wings really lack is like having that those next two defensemen that you can really call a solid number two pair. Um, because you know, realistically, I don't, I don't know how good Robert Hag and Gustav Lindstrom are in the grand scheme of things, as far as the like the outlook of the league. I think you know, plus minus wise, they've been all right. They're they they're leaned on more as that defensive pair, um, and you don't really expect that much out of them offensively. But I hear you. Uh, there's you know, and that's again. There's well, I just I thought he guy. would be more. I thought he would be more, and he's just another guy. So for, for sure. I think that's the frustration with a lot of fans. So duly noted. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Excited for tomorrow. Um, anything else to add or should we move on to the lions? Uh, let's move on to the lions, baby. Okay, Juan pride. Great. Um, so the lions played the dolphins on Sunday. What was that final score? 31, 27. Right. Something like that. I have no idea. Yeah. Something like that. Dolphins. I was in attendance. So, you were there. Yep. How'd that feel? I mean, it feels how it feels when the Lions just absolutely had money on the Lions money line. It was awesome, you know. Just 31, the usual. 27 confirmed. 31-27 confirmed. I mean, I I'll say this. Lions this. Bar Nashville was fun. Yeah. Better than being at Ford Field. They ran out of Miller Lite in the second half. Did they really? <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Other than that, that's all I got to say. Move on from Lions now. <laughs> Look, I do want to say something. I I put together a little. Um, I'm kid- I was joking. I was joking. Go ahead. No, I I know you are. I know, but I I get the sentiment. It's like at this point, yeah, same old situation. Twenty seven points in the first half, zero second half. Um, Swift not being healthy is a problem. Hawkinson's gone. We can talk about that in a second. But I do want to. I want to. Give Sheila Fordham or whatever her name is a little bit of credit here because this Barry Sanders statue thing is huge for I I, I just it's long overdue and I think it bodes well for the future of like what they're gonna do with Calvin Johnson in terms of like keeping him involved and trying to appease and keep a part of the franchise some of these guys that have meant so much over the years because there's not many of them so I think that the Barry Sanders statue thing is pretty cool. And yes, I think that is more it's it's worth mentioning more than anything that happened to the Dolphins game, uh, if you're wondering. Other than that, uh, we can talk about hawk trade, Rabs. Do you have thoughts on the actual game 
because I I guess my only thought on the actual game is Josh Reynolds sucks. He dropped two touchdown passes. Oh, That's it, dude. But not first of all, the second one was on golf. The first one was in its well, team. yes, but the the second one was on golf, but it still hit Reynolds in the hands. It's like catch yeah, the ball. Yeah, but he threw that on the complete wrong side of Reynolds. If he throws that to the boundary. That's a touchdown. Um, sure, I just have no sympathy when you've already dropped one t- touchdown pass in the game. Now you're gonna drop a second one. It's that's tough. No, I get that. I I I just want to say this regarding the game. Like, I mean, they came out up fourteen to nothing, and then they just turtled. So I mean, they're I and now before we talk about the trades, and I think this would be a good segue in the trades. This we're looking at the top five pick boys. <laughs> Way to be glass half full, Collins. That was nice. No, but we are. I mean, we are. And what's I mean, I think we're, we're staring down the barrel. The top yeah. Five pick? Yep, we're staring down the barrel of it for sure. Great. Um, I don't know. Like as far as the, as far as the game is concerned, it it just it truly just feels like I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save my rambling, incoherent speech with with this. They're just. They're not good. I was fooled. I was fooled. Hand up. I thought they'd be better. I liked what I saw on the offensive side of the ball. They haven't really been able to stay all that healthy. Swift is questionable again. It did, like I'm so spitefully upset with DeAndre Swift. Like I would not have. I didn't like didn't want to trade him. Glad they didn't. But like for the love of God, man, why is it so hard to stay healthy? I like why? I I just comes back to this whole thing with this organization of like it's just such a mess. Like I don't know why it's so hard to get something to work, but they're not good at all. I they're just not. And and they they fire the defensive backs coach. Great, awesome, thanks. Like sweet. But they're they're Which just kind of weird because I think the secondary in some spots like Jeff Okuda's played really good this year. I think he Okuda has, might be the best player on their defense. That's probably fair, but I mean, whatever they make a change, I don't know if it's for op, but whatever. But I mean, I don't know. I don't have a lot left to say about. I I don't know what I'm going to see in any of these games. The the season is already so far gone that like yes, we do have to talk about the Hawkinson trade. We will. Um, you know, Trent, you made a comment to us in the group chat over the weekend about, you know, like Dan's not going anywhere for the time being Brad Holmes. Isn't. And I agree. Like, I don't, I don't think that they're looking to fire Dan Campbell during this year, after this year. I do think if they start as poorly as they, as they did this year, next year, they have to move on. Like they, they, you cannot afford another start and another start like this. By the way, he, he is. Yes. Next year's the year. I'm completely with you. No, I mean, if they go like two and fifteen, he has to be fired. I'm sorry. I mean, there's talent on this roster for sure. They've looked at one of the better offensive lines in football. I, I, and they yeah, conceded on the year. So, and by the way, they gave a they gave him a six year contract, and he's not going to be fired. But a, a real organization, if you go two and fifteen with a decent roster. And the like, this is the NFL. This like, you should walk into five or six wins if you're competent. And they they just seem to be incompetent again. So that's awesome. I, but by the way, do, are are we going to talk about the hot trade? Yeah, let's let's do it now. Trent, do you have the the ter- the terms on that of like what was all moved around? Ultimately, the trade 
talking. They got two draft picks for him. I'm gone. I'm. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm you're. You're. Gone. We heard. We heard that. But what are the. What are the picks? Like, didn't they just swap a couple rounds in the same? Like, what even happened? I will pull it up as we're doing this. But uh, I, I just. What's I don't problem? know. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. I said this earlier in the year. I don't know if you guys remember this. I felt like we were. I said this when I was like, I don't think Hopkins can get re-signed. It was just like a vibe around it that I thought like uh, there was something up, and clearly uh, they made it clear they weren't re-signing him, so they traded him. So I don't hate it. I mean, I was always against the pitch because I don't think you should draft a tight end at eight. He was a good player. I'm not saying he was a bad player. Was he wasn't like a bust? I just think the value of the eighth pick is not necessarily unless you're getting a generational guy, and he wasn't a generational guy. He's a good player. Does it help the Vikings? I don't know how I feel about them trading in the division. So that should be interesting. I don't know if the Vikings will re-sign him. If the Vikings re-sign him, I hate this trade. But if they don't, whatever. I mean, a second-round pick for him is pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean. Yeah, it's a 2023 second-rounder and a 2024 third-rounder. But they traded away picks, too, didn't they? Yeah, it was essentially swapping picks because it was this, yeah, 2023 fourth round and 2024 conditional fourth round, which means we'll probably hang on to it if if we're going to be this bad. Well, okay. I mean, look, I, I, I didn't have a problem with them not wanting to re-sign TJ Hawkinson. I kind of had that feeling they weren't going to. And as Colin said, like the tight end position, unless you have a literally, unless you have Travis Kelsey and maybe Mark Andrews, like or, I Gronk, know if I would, or like a generational guy, they, he just wasn't that. So. Yeah. I don't know if I would throw George Kittle into that category. Yes. I, I do think that I do think that Hawkinson, I truly do think he was underutilized. Like there's a certain element. Hundred percent. There are games where like he would go out there and have like two targets. And it's like what? Like he's he's super effective as a pass catcher. Granted, he had a share of drops, but he had a year left on his deal. He didn't strike me as someone. And maybe you if you want to think like, oh, his, this is the highest his value will be. Okay. But he didn't strike me as someone that was going to hold out a camp next year to get his deal. But, I mean, the fact that he had a year left and you traded him inside the division, like, that just, it's so, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm sorry. It is. Like, the, especially in the NFL, other other sports are a little bit different. Like, the, like it's still, as a, and on principle, you should not be trading players within your own division. But the NFL especially. And I do think that Hawkinson will help that team a ton. And, I mean, they re- they relied on Kyle Rudolph in recent memory of, like, that was their guy at tight end. And I know they have Irv Smith, who I think is banged up right now. But, I mean, I could see them re-signing Hawkinson. I, I really could. I think that he provides another option for to Kirk Cousins, who desperately, who desperately needs it because he's not an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know. I think they, they did it a year too early unless you think that, hey, he's going to hold out or we're not going to get anything of better value for him next year. I, I get it. Um, but to trade him within the division, like, just just sucks, stupid, and I don't even, like, I really don't even care. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't know. I don't care. I went back I mean, the lines are so whatever. To... 
The Lions have not been interesting in like what since Caldwell's I mean Patricia's first year. Sounds about yeah, right. probably. They have not. I mean, they are just uh And this city is so crazy about football. It's not. It'll never matter. I mean, this place will will always care about it, which is whatever. I don't know. Why? I by the way, the whole I I I who do you? That was kind of weird that they fired their DBs coach. Am I in the? Am I crazy there? No, that's strange. Like it's just a really weird niche niche thing to to do. Like it's just like what's the point? I don't know. Maybe that maybe there was a rift of like the different. I don't know, uh, uh, philosophies or whatever. I don't know, dude. I, I, I no, I'm just saying. I thought it was weird. I did think it was weird. I don't know. I don't have anything else, man. I don't know what to tell you. I should we just pick the picks and Packers. Yeah. Oh my God, Jared Allen. Yikes. What yeah. happened? He just dumped all over us. It was nice. Oh, I thought he was like hurt, like something actually mattered. All right. Um, oh, no. Lions hosting the Packers at Ford Field on Sunday. Uh, the Packers are a three and a half point favorite. The over under is 49 and a half. Um, the record for the picks Trent is eight and six. I am eight and six. Collins is nine and five. Um, I suppose I will start. I don't have much to say. Um, the Lions, I think this game will go over 49 and a half because the Lions can't stop anyone on defense, let alone Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what people think the Packers look like. I think they have a lot left in that team that can get out of them. Um, and they're not, I don't just, they're just not clicking right now. I will take the over and I will, hmm, I'll take the Packers. I don't care. This, I know this team nothing. Under Packers. Okay. Trent. Um, I internet can brutal. I will take the Lions to cover because this is the one team that I can't pick against. I I can't pick the Packers is what I'm trying to say. The one team in the league that I never will pick. Um, I don't care what the line is. Lions cover. Uh, and I think it goes over if you look at the statistics and. This, that, and the other. The Lions score points at home this season, and they don't score points on the road, and this is at home. So I think that Lambeau game is going to be an absolute blowout, but this one is in Detroit. So I think the Lions keep it close. And how? I'll say the Lions beat Aaron Rodgers' crybaby and his weaponless offense. How's that for you? Goes over. I mean, the Packers aren't coming. good, so, I mean. Yeah. No, it's a winnable game all this thing that the Lions are playing a winnable game against the Packers at this point in the season when both teams stink, but that is the uh, that is the bed we have made, my friends. Fantastic. Um, let's get to the mortal locks of the week. Trent, you are four and five. Collins, seven and two. I myself am three and six. Per usual, I did not come prepared, so I am furiously scrubbing through these lines to find something either one of you two are more than welcome to take over Trent, you got one yes bills minus 11 and a half i love the bills i love i just i i coming off their bye week i think they're ripping and roaring ready to go and they're really gonna have a good stretch here prove why they're the super bowl favorites 
And uh, minus 11 and a half versus the Jets. I like the Bills to win big. Okay. I This is going to be weird. Even though last week I said Rabs not to do this. I, my lock is Michigan State plus 17. Illinois, Illinois does not play football the way I think people think they – like, they're good. They're not going to kill Michigan State. They just – Illinois run the football team, and they play good defense. They're going to win this game like 21 to 10. Michigan State will cover tomorrow. Collins, I love that. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, the number one thing that jumps out at me right now, I'm looking at Dolphins at Bears, and Miami is only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, Do people think that the Bears have shown people something because they scored points against the Cowboys? Is that what that is? Yeah, I don't know. The Bears suck. Um. I am going to take the over in the Ohio State Northwestern game. I'm going to give a shout out to my friend uh, Debo, his alias Debo, who just passed the bar exam. Shout out. And he very confidently sent a text to our group chat out of nowhere saying, take the over in OSU Northwestern because, see, they keep C.J. Stroud in the pad of stats. So. That's my mortal lock. The 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 Debo Dimondome Chrysler Pretzels pick of the mortal lock of the human week bar exam passing pick of the century. So that's that. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Is there anything else we have to discuss? It seems it's kind of a bleak Motown rundown today. We gotta pick it up next week. I, my I, 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 I didn't I bring the energy today. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't bring it. Oh, I know. Try Collins. I actually Snapchatted someone during the uh, during our podcast here. I took a picture of our Zoom screen, and someone they responded, "Why is Ryan always laying down?" <laughs> yeah, just just a fan of the show. What do they know? Do they listen? Yeah, they they listen, and then I I think I'm usually Snapchatting them a couple times. Tell them, we tell them it's another Zoom. business. <laughs> Whether you're standing up, laying down, sitting on the toilet, you always deliver. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Podcasting's a hard job. Sorry. It is. It is a hard job indeed. All right, guys. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, join the conversation with us. You can submit your questions, comments, concerns, all that stuff on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. We are also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. You can give us a follow, rate us five stars if you like us. If you don't like us, that's fine. Just keep your thoughts to yourself. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We love you very much. We will see you next week.